See you later. You, how you doing? Yeah, good. <laughs> Jeez, golly. All right, so yeah, it's good to be with you. Uh, I'm excited to be here. If you guys don't know, as they said, my name's Clay. Uh, I'm on staff here at City Light. I work with the college ministry. Uh, And I'm up here because we're talking through our core values of what makes us a ministry here as City Light U as a ministry, uh, as well as City Light just as a church in general. So we have four core values here at the church, uh, each kind of associated with a directional area, an arrow, which is down, up, in, and out. And so these are the four directional arrows that all have kind of like a a summary of what we are, are all about here as a people. And so week one... John talked about uh, the down arrow, which is the gospel, that uh, we, we, in all of our efforts, have no hope in working our way up to God, and so God worked his way down to us by becoming a man and then taking on our shame uh, and then saving us out of our sin. We can't work our way to God. Nothing we're going to do is going to get us there, and so God came down to rescue us. And so he didn't just describe uh, what that was or what it looks like, but also described that that's the one that always comes first, right? As much as I always end up slipping and saying up, down, in, out. It's down, up, in, out. The down comes first. We as a people are a people who God first initiated and rescued to himself. So the down is where it all starts. And then from there we have up, in, and out, which are just kind of, um, they're kind of responses that we have to, to what God has done in his saving of us. And so last week he talked about the up arrow, that God came down not only to save us from our sin, but to then form us into his image, to rescue us up out of that sin. So that he came down, he forgave us, and now he works us more and more into his image, and we look more and more like him. And so this week we're going to be talking about in, which is community. This idea that God not only, I mean, from the beginning of time, he not only saves us from sin, but he's always been interested in gathering a people together. Whether it be uh, Israelites, people from a nation, he always is a gathering God that gathers people into community. And so that's what he's all about, and that's what uh, we're going to talk about today. And so if I were to walk up, uh, just walk outside, find somebody, and tell them, hey, listen, so us as a ministry— We, one of the things we value is community. If I told that to somebody, I probably wouldn't get much of a reaction, right? Because everybody wants community. It's not like, oh, community? That's weird. That's crazy talk. Get out of here. Nerve, yeah. So everywhere values community. We have uh, everything from like uh, homeowners get together in their neighborhood and, and make a community, uh, right? And uh, UNO has like dozens and dozens of organizations that are all about gathering people around just various topics. And I mean, just things that aren't even close to being related. Like UNO has a club that's dedicated to intramural sports and has a club that's dedicated to Dungeons and Dragons. Like these are just kind of usually thought of as separate things. Uh, They have a Feline Friends of Nebraska club and they have the Yarn Society, right? We're, we're all over the map. It's a thing. Look it up, okay? I just scroll. I'm like, what are some examples? And I'm like, Yarn Society? Got to get in on that. There's, there's one called the Tub Club. Has anybody heard of this? They just sit in the UNO hot tub. That's it, right? So, so we, we're, like, we're, I mean, we're desperate for community, though, right? We just, we'll do, we'll find any excuse to gather. Like, I can't check out of a grocery store 
without them asking him if I want to be a member? Like, what kind of club is a grocery store? Like, do we hang out in the frozen peas section? Like, we're just chilling here. Get it? Chilling? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even plan that. That worked out really well. But no, like, yeah, do you want to buy our, a membership to our, like, no, I just want to buy my peanut butter and go home. That's it. Like, leave me alone. Okay, confession time. I do have a Costco membership because Costco's so legit. So get at me, right? So yeah, so I'm a, a little bit hypocrite. But yeah, so yeah, I'm part of that club. And then when you see somebody pull out a Costco card, you're like, you know, you know. Yeah, you got it. Uh, social media platforms, right, have over 2 billion, that's over 2 billion with a B, profiles. That's a lot. And they're all just gathered, uh, all centered around trying to gather people into a community, so to speak. Like we want to connect people. We're hardwired to desire to be connected to people and to be connected to a community. Now, I would argue that this is by design, that God knit, uh, like made us for community, and that all of these, though good things, are only a shadow of the community God has designed us for. So you can be like the biggest extrovert in the room, uh, just kind of announce yourself as you strut in, right? You can, <laughs> you can, <laughs> thank you, Cole. Yeah. All right. So you can be, you can be like, you can always be the one that's like traveling with your squad at all times. And you can still at that point have no true community as God has designed it to work. Gathering people in the same room is not the same as the community that God has designed us for. And so what I want to unpack today is, how, what does our community look like here? When we say we've, one of our core values is community, what does that look like for a people? And then how do we do that well? What makes it different than the communities that the world would put forward? And so for that, we're going to turn to John 17. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there now. John chapter 17. And if you don't, we're going to have it right there, just like that. Look at that. So... Uh, and we're going to be reading it off the screen, and we're going to start in verse 20, but I want to give some context first. So if you're, if you're new to this, kind of, John is a book of the Bible that's literally just a story about Jesus' life written by one of the guys that lived with him for his, his ministry years, okay? And so um, this piece is kind of later in the book, and it's, it's actually right before he's betrayed, arrested, and goes, gets sentenced to death. So this is like the, one of the last like pieces of his ministry in the book of John. And the last thing we see him doing is praying for his people. So he's, he's, he's actually praying for his disciples specifically. So this is his final prayer, like short time on the clock. He knows his time is winding down, and he offers his prayer up for his disciples. And so I think sometimes about, like, what would I be praying for if I knew I was, like, getting sentenced to death? And I, I mean, aside from the obvious to not go to death which is just kind of like asking for more wishes, um, there's this element of I, I would instantly start to think of my loved ones. And I pray some pretty specific prayers. I pray for safety. I pray for provision that God's going to provide in my absence. I pray that, you know, that he's working. And, and ultimately, what we see Jesus pray for is unity amongst his disciples. He, he knows there's short time on the clock, and the last thing he wants to get in, the, the, that prayer to God is this prayer that his disciples would come together and be a, the community they're designed for. And so that's what we're going to read here in John 17, the end of this prayer. Starting in verse 20, he says, I do not ask these 
for these, which are just his disciples only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, which is us, right? The disciples then went and proclaimed the gospel, and then down the line, you ended up hearing the gospel because of their faithfulness. So he's praying not only for his disciples, but for us, us here in this room, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. And in, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and loved, me even as, and loved them even as you've loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you've given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you've given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So Jesus' final prayer has like everything to do with the disciples coming together as one. And so we're, we're going to look at like what this community kind of looks like and how that's supposed to play out in the disciples' lives and then in, therefore in our lives. And so the first point I want to make here tonight is that God is community. Now I don't, like that's not poor English. I mean what I, what I said there, right? God is community in and of himself. So I'm not, what I don't mean is that God has community. I don't mean God enjoys community. I don't mean God loves or desires community. God is community in and of himself. So these are the things I geek out on and kind of like keep me up at night. Like, so before the world existed, before God had created anything, in, in back in eternity past, before history, prehistory, there was nothing but God. God, God alone existed, nothing else. And at that moment, God is living in community amongst himself. This is going to be hard for us to wrap our brains around. It kind of hurts my brain a little bit, but that, because we're not like communal beings in and of ourselves. We need to go outside of ourselves, connect with another person in order to have community. But God is community in and of himself. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit existing in perfect unity, in perfect love, in perfect community before anything was ever created. He says this in the text here. Uh, in verse 24, he says, The glory that the Father has given me because, because I, he loved me before the foundation of the world. Like before anything was ever there, God loved the Son. The Father loved the Son. God existed in perfect community. And the way Jesus prays this prayer shows us that that perfect community is meant to be the model for how we relate to one another. He created us in order to sit in that type of community. And so we are to pattern our life after the God in whose image we're formed. Right? So God, God made us in his image. He made us with this, this whole, this desire for community that we are meant to live in that community. And so the problem is, like we talked about each week, is that we were, in, we were made in that community. Adam existed in a garden, and then through his sin, things were broken. And so you and I, both by nature and by choice, break community with God and break community with others. 
that is fractured, we can no longer enter into that perfect community, which is why this is a response, because God, seeing that, came down, rescued us out of that, paid for our penalty, that we may have oneness, relationship, and reconciliation with God, that we can enter back into that community. And so, the second point tonight, where I want to spend most of my time, is that God invites us into community. We don't Try to, we, don't, we don't knock on God's door and, and ask if we can come in, but God came out and rescued us and brought us into that community. So the first thing that Jesus goes out of his way to state in this prayer is that this perfect community is meant to be the model for our community, that we are brought into that community. He says three times, first in verse 21, that all of them, that's all of his followers, including us, may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. He says in 22, again he prays, that they may be one as he and the Father are one. And in verse 23 he says, I and them, you and me, may they be brought into complete unity. That Jesus is inviting us into relationship with God, relationship with, with, with that perfect community, and then relationship with each other who are entering into that community. God's rescuing together a family. He's meaning for us to knit together. This is why we see community as a gospel issue, that with all of our sto- student organizations and biker gangs, we have no hope of becoming a picture of the community within the gospel in and of ourselves. And so, Jesus came to great and graciously intervene, sent his son perfectly, in a perfectly unified decision, the Father sent his son to bring us into that family, that we may be perfectly one with God, just as, in the same way, that Jesus is one with God. So Jesus, existing in perfect communion, perfect relationship, and perfect glory with the Father and the Spirit, took our guilt and shame that we may receive his glory. Glory, this idea keeps coming up in the scripture, that Jesus promised that those uh, who believe in his name will share in his glory, like we partake in his glory. Uh, glory is one of the main things that comes up in this passage. So I want to I run through real quick uh, what are, what are some of the patterns we see uh, in the Godhead? What are some of the patterns we see of how God loves uh, in that perfect community? And let's model it after it. And so one of the things we saw in this passage is the idea of glory. The Father has glorified the Son. Jesus, in word and in deed, brings glory to the Father. Jesus makes much of the Father, and the Holy Spirit makes much of Jesus. John was just praying uh, and then kind of preaching to us in this back room that if you, you'll know the Spirit's present when Jesus is made much of because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He glorifies Jesus. He lifts up Jesus. He, he praises Jesus. And so within this community, we see a constant giving of glory, of, of ascribing worth to each other. And so what, what's our part in that? We're invited into that, but obviously like we, we have no glory in, of, in and of ourselves. Like, just because we're, we're all going into this community doesn't mean I'm going to worship you guys, right? But we are invited into this relationship where we now glorify the Father. That as, as we have proximity with God, as we're close to God, we praise Him. And so that's what we kind of do each night here. That's the goal of why we, we bring you guys here. We gather as a people to sing praises to God. Literally, like, worship is to ascribe worth to. It's to put worth on. It's to say, this thing is of value, this thing is of worth, this thing has glory. 
to glorify the Father. And so when we get together, we sing in order to lift him up. We're participating in what the Godhead is already doing. What God is already doing. And so, and I, and so I, I can hear some of your arguments already, which is, is one I've heard multiple times, is that, well, I can, I can praise God just in my car, right? Like, if I just sit in my car, turn on Caleb, crank it up, and sing songs, right? That's, that's giving worth to God, right? Isn't, doesn't that work? Isn't that? Yeah, that, that is true. We can give glory in that way. Uh, but there's another, in part, because there's another aspect of this community, and that's proximity. Like, proximity and intimacy. Like, the, the Godhead comes together. We saw this in the passage as well. The son is anticipating, Jesus is anticipating his return to the father. He's like, I can't wait to be back with you. And then he's also looking forward to the, to the day and longing for the day that, that we will be caught up with him. So he's, he's desiring proximity. He's desiring closeness. He can't wait for that day. Uh, his, his promise to his disciples as he left was that, they, that he would still be with them through the Holy Spirit. Like, the Holy Spirit indwells us. You don't get closer than indwelling, right? His promise, like a central promise, benefit, and characteristic of true community is proximity, that, that we are close, we are uh, to each other. And so, if this is true, if proximity is part of community that's inseparable from true community, then it's impossible to do community on your own, which seems like a no-brainer, but I know so many people that think like, well, I can just kind of grab my coffee cup and my Bible every morning, and I can just read it, and I'm just good. But I would argue that it's impossible to be like Jesus, to be fully like Jesus, apart from his community. So there's, there's not a, a, a set number or location that that has to be, or a set day of the week. But if you're avoiding community if you're avoiding the gathering of believers, there may be an issue. There may be, there may be something there that you, do, you don't want to submit yourself in the same way Jesus submitted himself, that you don't want to look like Jesus in that way because it's impossible to look like Jesus apart from community because Jesus has always existed in community. And so there's no room for this. I'm going to do it by myself. And we know this in other contexts, right? So couples in the room. If you were, I know it's early in the year, but there are couples in here, I know it. So if you're to turn to somebody else in your aisle and, and ask them, listen, does our, does our like, relationship, does it requ- does it, is proximity a big part of that? And they would say yes, right? They, they would say that you guys want to be together a lot, like a lot. You guys kind of have like this weird connection thing where you can't be apart and then even when you're apart you're texting each other like you just you always want to be together you're you're scheduling ways to be by each other you're making sure you sit by each other at events like you want to be close right because this and that should be there that's a good thing you should if there's an issue if it's like we really like each other but we don't want to be by each other right like there there is nobody in my life that I would rather be with than my wife Spending time with her is by far my favorite pastime. And that shouldn't shock you, because proximity is a part of community. But if I come up here and I'm like, you know, I just can't stand being around her. Like, you guys are going to, that's a red flag right there. You know? Like, well, I mean, 
I don't like to be buyer. I mean, we, I just think we'll have better community if we're just never by each other. Like, if she lives over there, I live in this house over here, we can just text each other every once in a while, be like, hey, you still alive? How's it going? Like, like that's going to be a terrible relationship because without proximity, without coming together, you cannot have community. You can't have true community. This is why we gather as a people because you're, you're just going to lose connection with other people if you're not gathering with them. You, you, it will feel disjointed, and this is why I'm not... This is just a side note. Why I'm not a big fan of the people that kind of just watch sermons or listen to podcasts in their car and say that's church. What you're missing out on is the gathered people of God. You're refusing to meet together with them. Like if, if Jesus is our pattern, Jesus has always existed in community. And then what we see in the scriptures, he's constantly gathering people around himself. He's meeting with his disciples. He's breaking bread with people. He's, meet, like, he's coming together with people. He's come bringing together a community. That's what God's interested in. You can't reject the people of God and, and say you look like Jesus because Jesus did not reject the people of God. He instead died to save, and his whole purpose was to bring people into the community of God. Community is a necessary part of what it looks like to be like Jesus. We can't underestimate the value of community. And so now, now obviously I'm not just talking about location. Like the closer you are geographically or physically, the more uh, community you have. Uh, But when I say I'm close with someone, I'm not just usually talking about like where we're standing. When I say I'm close with someone, there's there's intimacy there. Like sure, proximity is a part of that, but there's just kind of this this life on life to be fully known. Intimacy is more about like letting your guard down. Like it's, it's the lack of a barrier between you guys. And so one of the places that we want to encourage you guys to find this is actually huddles. If you guys haven't heard us talk about huddles before, huddles is when you, 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 a huddle is when you get together with two, three, maybe four people and you guys have life on life time. That you, that you let your guard down, you're, you're fully known, and, and uh, receive the gospel. And so we want to see these increase. So they, they've always been kind of part of City Light, but they've never really been front and center. No, nothing we've ever promoted super hard. And so we want to see these increases here. We want to see you guys come together in huddles to where uh, proximity and intimacy are present. That you are fully known by another human. That you're... you're, uh, you're, cof- you're so we, we put this together. This is a little bit of a kind of a cheat sheet on how to do a huddle. We're going to put those in the back by, on those tables to where you guys have the city group leaders. And we, we would encourage you guys to grab these. If you're not in a huddle, if you're not in one of these kind of discipleship, life-on-life relationships, I want to encourage you to get in one uh, or at least start one. Find some people that you say, hey, we're going to get together and we're going to hear and obey the Scripture we're going to encourage and celebrate what God's doing, and we're going to repent of sin and believe the gospel, that God's saving us out of that. Like, that's just a natural rhythm of things we should be doing with one another. That's going to lead to intimacy, and it's going to make us more and more like God. And so we want to encourage you guys to get connected to a huddle after the service. Uh, whoever does announcements, talk about that more. So. Um, so yeah, this isn't simply another thing we do, and it can't be. This is a way we can be more like God, uh, which leads me to the next thing we see in perfect community, which is perfect love. Uh, and we saw this in verse 24 when he states that the Father loved him before the foundation of the world. This is uh, why we can say, like, have you ever heard the saying, God is love? It's from the scriptures. 
Again, God's not just loving, but God is love, which is only possible because he is community, right? He has always existed in perfect community and has always been in perfect loving community. Like God doesn't just show love. God is love. And so any sort of love is modeled after how God shows love. Now, we got to do some work on the word love because culturally it's all over the map. You love your mom and you love your dog, hopefully in different ways, right? You love sandwiches and you love the Huskers, like the, probably in different ways. And if you're honest, you love the Huskers like two-thirds of the time, and then the other one-third, you're like, why did you do that? And you hate them. So, that's, I mean, love's all over the map, right? Uh, but the way, the way that the Scriptures define love is by uh, loving service and self-sacrifice. With the culmination of that, like Jesus said, great, the greatest love anyone can show, greater love has no one than he who lays down his life for his friend. Like the ultimate love is to sacrifice not only your time, your effort, your convenience, but to sacrifice your very life. And so loving has everything to do with sacrifice. This is why Jesus being the sacrifice for us is the most loving act in all of history. So you see this in the relationship with the Godhead, that no one's looking out for their own interests. No one comes to the table and asks, like, what's in it for me? Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. I'm only interested in joining the Father in his will. Jesus is like, this is my son who I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit is constantly making much of Jesus. Like, I want Jesus to be known. I want his fame to spread. I want his glory to increase. There's perfect not like not self-seeking love within the Godhead, within the Trinity. And so, for us, that looks like laying our preferences, laying our um, desires, laying our wants down, and looking into our demo, um, and looking to serve rather than be served. Like if you show up in this room and say, "What's in it for me?" Or if that's the barrier keeping someone from coming, like they're already asking the wrong question. If, if you say, what's in it for me, then you've, you've got the wrong starting point. Because it's, how can I serve? Because like, so, not all of you are going to be coming in here and receiving everything you want. This may not be exactly what you were hoping for, but, but coming in and saying, how can I serve? How can I increase God's glory? How can I not be about that? How can I encourage someone else? How can I show value to the person sitting in this room? Like that attitude, that is a picture into what loving community looks like. And so the way I've seen this most often is through city groups. So like this room is filled with different demographics, preferences, interests, personalities, just all across the board. You guys are are different than each other. And we only have four city groups. So what that means is that many of you, if not all of you, are going to have to show up to a city group knowing that it's not exactly what you want. And that's a good thing. Because then you can actually be more like God in that you lay down your preferences, you lay down your desires in, in order to build others up. Right? You're not going to... And, and this is what's so amazing about City Like You. This has always been my favorite thing, is that God's doing it. Like, there are people that are, that are vastly different in every way, coming together week after week and loving each other well. 
And you get see these crazy stories because they're not just gathering, but they're like offering rides to classes. They're, they're offering to sit with someone in a hospital when their parents are in the hospital. They're offering to, uh, they're, they're taking a collection to give money to one of the, the people going on a mission trip, even though half the people in the city group are also going on that same trip. Like, they're just giving money to each, like, they, they just, they're constantly looking, like, how can I serve? How can I serve the rest of the people here? They, they don't show up saying, what's in it for me? What can I learn? How can I be fed? What can I consume? But instead, like, how can I give? This is the attitude of God, and this is what's talked about here. So, like, even in my city group, this is surprising to the world. Like, uh, we, we're in this stage of life where everybody seems to need to move a couple times a month. So we do a lot of moving. Like, our city group does just a lot of moves. Uh, and I'm moving this week, so we... No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I am, but that's a whole other thing. But... Uh, so, so we, we got together, and one of my, a, a couple in our group, and we helped, we all got together on a Saturday, we picked up boxes, we moved them into the house, we helped her arrange, we had some laughs, we, we moved some boxes, we got the job done, uh, and then we left. And then her neighbor comes over, and is like, hey, I was watching you through the blinds, which, it's time out. First off, like, you didn't think to come help? Come on. That's <laughs> so creepy. Oh, West, Westo. All right. So I was watching you through the blinds, and then how did you get a crew like that? Like, that's a lot of people you got to give up a Saturday in order to move boxes, and they did it with smiles and joy. Nobody was like, come on, let's get this over. I want to get out of here. Like, how did you do that? And she was like, didn't really even give a good answer because she's like, I don't know. It's just what we do. Like, it, just, it, it didn't even occur to anybody in the group that we wouldn't do that. Like, this is just what we do in a city group. We, we look for ways to serve one another. We look for ways to just not think about what we want to do with our Saturday, but instead think, this person's got a need, let's fill it. And she, at that moment, got to be a picture to her neighbor of what actual love and service looks like in the context of a true community. And so, again, just another plug, like, we have city groups. They're probably not the thing you're looking for. They're probably not the best thing that you could ever receive. They're not going to circle around you and just completely give you everything you need. But it's actually what you do need, which is an opportunity to show love to one another, to be a part of a community that you were designed to live in. Like, let, let me tell you something. If you're, if you're the, the central piece of your community, you're going to be miserable because there's, all, there's always going to be something that messes up, and then that's going to upset you, and you just can't get everything right and get everything squared away. Like, if, you, if, if, your, minute, if your community is all about you, it's just not going to work. You're not going to thrive. But a community of people that get, their, get together looking on each other's interests, that's what you were designed to live in. So uh, the third thing I want to close this out with is that God empowers community. Like, this isn't God just coming down, fixing things, and saying, good luck, be a community, get things right, but that God is actually the driving force that empowers this. And we saw this in verse 26. Jesus says, I made known to them, those who believe in Jesus, your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. 
So Jesus revealed himself to his disciples. Through their testimony, we have come to believe. And Jesus' promise to them and to us is to continue to minister to us through his Holy Spirit. He's like, he's, he's even saying, I, I'm leaving, I'm saying another, and it's more important that he comes, that he can indwell you and empower you to do this, right? He, the Holy Spirit not only just works through circumstances, but I, like, I want God to work outside of me, but I'm very aware that I also need God to work inside of me. So circumstances are going to come my way. God's going to kind of shape me through those. I know that, I'm aware of that, but God needs to work in me. He needs to work on my desires. He needs to show me what my heart's actually feeling. He needs to kind of do some work in, in revealing what sin is and kind of convince me to let me go. He's got to work in me. He's got to empower me to let go of wanting things to be about me. He's got to empower me to let go of wanting to protect myself and keep distance. Like proximity, uh, community, worship, all these are all, all of these are things that the Holy Spirit's going to arise in us through his power. Like Jesus empowers us for this kind of community. Now, Jesus also states, and I want to finish with this, Jesus states the why behind community in this passage. Twice he says, uh, first in verse 21, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. He prays that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. The reason behind community is to reveal God to an onlooking world. That the way we love each other in this room the way we love each other in city groups, the way we love each other in huddles, that all of these are meant to to reveal God to the rest of the world. So when the lady comes across the street and says, how did you gather this? The reason she did that is because what we did wasn't natural. What we did is not our natural tendencies. It's actually a supernatural thing that God did. He rescued people and reoriented and rewired us in order to be able to do what's not natural to us. She got a glimpse into how God works. She got a glimpse into who God is. The God who is love. The God who is community. Right? And we have this united purpose within us to reveal God to the world. Like, the, the, all of the, the, of the Godhead desires to make much of Jesus here that the glory of Jesus would spread, that the name of Jesus would spread, that people would come into relationship with Jesus, and community is part of that. So we are united into this very same mission to reveal Jesus to the world through our community. Now, this unity is not uniformity, right? Even Jesus and the Spirit are doing different things at different times, but united with one mission. And so we're going to look vastly different we're not meant to fight for uniformity, right? We're, we're meant to actually fight against uniformity. We're meant to look different, have differences. But we need to fight for a united purpose of the glory of Jesus being spread. See, like you, that's what I want to be able to say about us. That the way we love each other in this room, the way we love each other in city groups, and the way we love each other in huddles, 
the way we simply look not on our own interests and on to others, the way we constantly are just bearing ourselves to one another. I want that to be one of the primary evangelistic tools we have to an onlooking world. That unity within the Christian community is one of the primary agents we have for revealing God to the world. Community is a matter of gospel witness. And so what I want to do as, as I close this down is I don't want this to be a checklist of things you feel like you need to do. Like I need to get into a huddle, I need to get into a city group, I need to show up, okay, check, check, check. But instead I want to give you a framework to operate out of. So I want you to, to be able to run this down and run this by yourself. Like, okay, so this is how I feel about the community. Is this, is this a picture of God in, in his perfect community or is it not? Let that be, be kind of like the test you set up to understand your own emotions. Is this something I should be feeling? Is this something that's, that's right? Like, oh, I, don't, I don't need that. I can do this on my own. Oh, wait, that's not, that's not how actually the, the Godhead works. Jesus constantly, like, was able to give up power. He gave up everything in order to come after us. Like, oh, okay, so, so that's something I should guard against. Feel like I'm not heard in my city group. Okay, well, you should be heard because that's how perfect community works. But, but do, do you push away at that point? Like, can you imagine Jesus pushing away, being like, forget you guys. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Let this be the litmus test. Let's, let this be the thing you put up to help you process through what perfect community looks like. And then let's be a people that just pursue that knowing that's how God's designed us to thrive. That's how God designed it to work. And it may not be uh, the natural inclination of what I want, but that's, that's the point, is that it's a supernatural community. It's God binding us together in a way we would never bind ourselves together otherwise. So as I close, that's going to be my prayer for us. So... Lord, I thank you uh, for gathering a people to yourself, not just us in this room, but um, all believers everywhere, that you want to uh, invite us not just into a better life um, or health and wealth, but God, you, you want to invite us into something bigger than ourselves. You want to invite us into a community. Uh, you want to do things in us through that community. You want to create us into more and more your likeness, God. And so I ask that you do that. That's the, the cry of our heart. Um, is to be like you uh, and to be in proximity to you. And so please just continue to well that up. Um, work that deep down into our heart that we may long to see this day, that we can uh, say no to the things that, are, that come natural to us and instead pursue the things that are supernatural, things that come uh, only from you, Lord. And so please bind us together, create a people for your name and your glory that people may know Jesus is your son, that Jesus is the one sent from you to rescue us out of our sin. Let us always proclaim that both in word and in deed. In your name for your glory, Jesus. Amen.